Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, all of you out there in Real Presence Radio land. This is today's installment of Real Presence Live, and your hosts for today are myself, Jack Canelli, and with me is Ken Cottrell. We had to go under the bench today because my wife, Doreen, who is a substitute teacher, but they've decided that they were going to let her expand on her, uh, on her utility, I guess, for lack of a better word, at the schools. And this week, she is uh, the school cook. So she's uh, multitasking, I guess, so to speak, and uh, just making. I believe that's the school chef. Yeah, that's a school chef. Yes, that's that's the new terminology, I think. Anyway, she's just creating more utility and just uh, more opportunities for us to uh, continue our lavish lifestyle into our retirement. So we're we're happy that uh, Doreen is out there working off, working away, and I get to sit here on the radio with you and. Uh, Talk to so to our, our our interesting guests, and it should be a fun day. But uh, before we get to the program, as we usually do, or we always do, we're going to lead off with a prayer. And I think I'm going to do the Canticle of Zechariah because I really like it, and it's part of the um, morning. I think it's a the morning prayer of the church. Anyway, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I always like that one, because, you know... He has come to his people, set them free, and, uh, and saved us from our enemies. So, it's a nice day here in Fargo, is it not, Ken? Oh, it's gorgeous as always. Yes, yeah, it's a very nice winter day, this second day. Of, is this the second day of spring? Or is this the, no, this is the 21st. This is No, this is the second day of spring. Okay, yeah. I always thought it was the 21st. Well, anyway. I will never forget the second day of spring because the first day of spring was yesterday, which was my birthday. Oh, was your Well, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. See, how old are you? Are you 80 yet? Uh, <coughs> <coughs> oh, not quite. 39 and holding? Okay. That I'll have to go to good. confession yeah. for that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those of you who are out there uh, in the, the, the further reaches of our listening area, I hope you're experiencing better uh, weather than we are, even though it's a nice sunny day, but I think they're expecting 
uh, snow this afternoon. Are they still predicting like up to three to seven inches here? I don't know. I haven't checked. I haven't checked my uh, my uh, my weather app, and I haven't even really looked out the window with any intensity either, other than to see the the sun and the blue sky. Which I just I'm expect it to snow and not worry about it anymore. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't get your lawnmowers out yet. It's going to be about another month before we get rid of all this snow. Anyway, um, yeah, I, you'll have to forgive me if I feel seem a little bit off kilter today. I. I lost the holster for my cell phone, and everything's just kind of out of balance now. So uh, I'm, I, I think I'll be able to get through the program okay. Well, if it comes down to losing your holster or your phone, you pick the right one to yeah, lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ask me how I did that either, because that's a hard thing to do, to, to lose that thing. But I don't know. It's probably going to show up somewhere. I think it will. Is your wife listening to us today? Uh, unfortunately, she has to work. Oh, so darn. Somebody oh. has to do it. Okay. Yeah. So well, much like your wife is working. Yeah. Because yeah, this well, is just fun for us. I don't think she goes to work till a little bit later. But, uh, y- you know, she's always famous for her jokes. And I noticed you brought some. Do you want to start us out with a joke before oh, we introduce our first guest? Boy. Well, I was going to say, ask if uh, maybe Doreen uh, was the fashion police and she actually hid your holster no, so that you wouldn't no, wear that anymore. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I did see one that I thought was good because uh, as a uh, uh, Jesuit-educated person in, in high school, uh, I found this one good. A, a man walks up to a Franciscan and Jesuit and asks, how many novenas must you say to get a Mercedes-Benz? The Franciscan asked, what's a Mercedes-Benz? And the Jesuit asked, what's a novena? Drum roll. (laughs) All right, I'm not going to explain it because if you're explaining the joke. I know, they just fall flat (laughs) or flatter. Exactly. You know, the the tough thing about saying jokes on the radio is you don't hear all the laughter that's going on out there. Right. You know, it's kind of hard. I'm not. I'm not feeling it either. Yeah, and you can't. They and the audience can't see yeah. your face for let's, that. Let's, the, let's look around the screen here to see if Rachel's laughing at. No, no, no. She's faking it. She's feigning, yeah. feigning laughter. No, okay. Well, you're going to hear from Rachel later when she gets to do her uh, director's overview of the next show, and I know everybody is really waiting for that. And uh, I see Rachel is preparing her notes as we speak. But let's get to our first guest because uh, she's been waiting patiently from Atlanta, Georgia. Why don't you, I'll let you do the introduction, Ken. Oh, great. All right. Uh, our guest is Katie Warner. She's the author of One Holy Marriage, uh, which is going to be available at the end of March, I believe. Uh, Katie, you'll have to let us know for sure. Uh, but this, I want to hear a lot about this because it's uh, very interesting. It's about uh, Saints Louis and Zeli Martin. Uh, hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correct. Martin. Martin. Yeah, you got to get to get to yeah. get it in the back of your nose. Get a little bit. It's French. Pur- purse the lips yes. a little bit more. The parents of Saint Therese of Lisieux. Yeah, uh, but uh, they, of course, the first married saints canonized together. So, uh, a very interesting story, uh, and we'll hear about that from Katie. And I'll ask her to introduce herself. But if, a, a few things, which I'm sure uh, humility would have prevented her from doing so, but. Uh, Katie's the author and editor of the FirstFaithTreasury.com series. It's a, a Catholic picture book series. Uh, also, Head and Heart, Becoming Spiritual Leaders for Your Family. 
uh, and also a, a very popular prayer journal series, including A Parent Who Prays. Uh, she holds a graduate degree in Catholic theology from the Augustine Institute. And without further ado, Katie, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. You know, I would say most notably, I am a wife and mom of five, the littlest one you might hear some <laughs> noises from during our chat today. Um, and I also um, am a homeschooler. So um, I, that, you know, all of those, all of those bio points you mentioned are are great, and I'm so thankful that the Lord prevents or allows time, excuse me, for um, for that ministry work. But most of my ministry work is just done at home, in between the the walls of my ordinary house, and taking care of my kids. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you're the type of person though that if you should ever go into the workforce, all you got to do is put in. I'm the, I'm a mother of five, and I homeschooled my kids. I have no fear of anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, although it sounds like Doreen has her work cut out for her also having to cook for a whole school of kids. So yeah. I, 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 you know what? I, 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 I will continue to get practice cooking for my small army in, in hopes that someday I could handle a job like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you aspire to be the school cook. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know if aspire is the right word, but if, if I was called upon, I'd want to be equipped for the task. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could do it. Oh. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed to be here, and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to, to do all the different uh, ministry work that God has called me to. Well, t why don't you go in and just uh, tell us about, well, let's start out with the book. What inspired you to even write it? Yeah, so, okay, so um, as you mentioned, it's called One Holy Marriage, the story of St. Louis and Bailey Martin. And I never actually set out to write a book about St. Louis and Bailey. I had intended to write a children's book highlighting the beauty of the sacrament of matrimony, and the Martins really found their way into the heart of it. You know, learning about their particular marriage became a really beautiful way to learn about marriage as God intended it to be, because their marriage was just so exemplary in its holiness, goodness, and virtue. So uh, it sounds like you're talking, you know, it's interesting because, you know, it's, I guess you could say they're famous for being the mother of St. Therese, but also in their own right, uh, it sounds like their sainthood has a special place. Right. You know, children can learn so much from, from them as a couple and from their family. I really wanted to show children in the story that the Martins story is their story, their parents' story, um, that, you know, like the Martins in family life, we're called to love in the midst of regular life and all the ups and downs that life and God's providence intends for us. So the Martins really exemplify for both children and adults the hope that all of us can become saints between the walls of an ordinary home and in ordinary places doing ordinary work. But go ahead, Ken. Um, so, uh, uh, what are some of the, I mean, uh, people are, you know, quite familiar with uh, St. Therese at this point, but uh, what are some of the things that you learned in the process of writing the book? Yeah, so um, before I mention some of my favorite things about this couple in particular, just for anybody who doesn't know as much about their lives, um, Louis was born to a military family, and his heart's desire was actually to become a monk. But unfortunately, his lack in knowledge of Latin prevented him from doing so. Um, Bailey also grew up in a very devout Catholic family and wanted to become a nun. 
So what was amazing was that neither one of them um, had their lives turn out the way they expected, but what they cared about even more than entering religious life was following God's will. So one day while passing on a bridge, um, uh, Zaley looked um, at and saw Louie, and she heard a voice in her heart say, this is he whom I have prepared for you. So the Holy Spirit was really drawing them together from the start. Clearly, this was God's plan for their lives. And they began a courtship that lasted about three months before marrying and having nine children, four of whom died in infancy or early childhood. And then the other five daughters who lived went on to all enter the religious life. So they just themselves, they're they're their brief biography already kind of speaks to the immensity of their love and, and trust in God and in His will for them. But what, what I think readers will find most in the Martins are two ordinary people who live their lives and vocation with extraordinary faithfulness. So they suffered greatly, but did not give in to despair. Every cross gave way to a greater reliance and acceptance of God's will. So what really impacted me most in learning about their lives was that fierce clinging to the sacraments and just their complete abandonment to God's will, but in a really relatable way. They had very human moments. They mourned the loss of children frequently. At one point, Bailey's daughter, Helene, even consoled her mother as Helene herself lay dying. But I especially love how um, their daughter, Celine, described Daly. She, she described her as always active, always devoted, constantly smiling. Our mother never appeared to do anything extraordinary, but with remarkable simplicity and humility, she tirelessly spent herself for others and lived always for the good of God. So what a beautiful testament to her mom, just admitting she didn't do anything extraordinary, but she loved God with such simplicity and humility and tireless abandon. That is what made her so holy and made her such a great example for her children. It, it sounds like she lived a little way before the book was written. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's what I've always loved is, is learning that the little way didn't just come out of nowhere, right? St. Therese saw it live in the lives of her parents, and it really inspired her to live that and to really pass it on to all of us as a result. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're coming up on, on a break here, uh, uh, Katie, but uh, uh, on the other side, we'll, be, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, what can children take from this uh, book as well, and parents, and, uh, you know, and, and maybe you can touch on some of the, uh, the sufferings that the, the family had as well, because my understanding is they, they were not a wealthy family, were they? Right. You know, uh, Zaley's lace business did very well. But, um, but they saw all different kinds of poverty. A lot of it came in the form of sickness and death. So, yeah, we can definitely chat more about that. Okay. Well, here comes the break. And you're, you're listening to Real Presence Live with Jack Kennelly and Ken Cuttrell. We're talking with Katie Warner about her book on One Holy Marriage. So stay with us for more on the other side of the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. 
For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, both financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Psalm 95 warns us, If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. The Lord is always guiding us and speaking to us through Holy Scripture, through the sacramental life of the Church, and through prayer, if we will only listen. The more you listen, the more you will hear him. The less you listen, the less you will hear him. Let us not harden our hearts against the voice of Jesus, even when his words do not line up with popular culture or may drive a wedge between us and society. Let us not harden our hearts against the voice of Jesus, even when his words challenge our preconceived notions and expectations. Let us not harden our hearts against the voice of Jesus, even when they call us so far out of our comfort zone that it feels like we're in another country. He is Lord and he will guide us if we just listen. If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. What is the Lord telling you today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, back to Real Presence Live. I'm Jack Canelli, and with me is Ken Cottrell. We're talking to Katie Warner about uh, One Holy Marriage, a book about uh, Zeli, and, uh, oh, help me out. Zeli. Louis. Louis, yes, <laughs> Martin. Israel. Well, you heard the, you heard the lead in, uh, Katie, uh, inspiration and up, inspirational and uplifting, so uh, take it away. Let's go. We were going to talk, uh, well, we were going to talk about, you know, what, kids and parents can learn and also some of the sufferings and maybe we'll even have time for you to tell us about one of your other books as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that I really love about learning about Louis and Bailey and their lives is that you won't find levitation or miracles or eloquent preaching that evangelize the masses like you might in the lives of some other saints that have become famous over time. But what you will find is a husband and father who knew how to pray fiercely for and to sacrifice for his family. And you'll find a wife and mother who took seemingly small opportunities to care for others over herself and to give her own fiat to Christ in the mundane moments of daily life. And this is such an incredible lesson for all families that we don't we don't have to, like I said, you know, be Padre Pio by locating to become holy and get to heaven. Yeah. You know, we can we can follow the way of Louis and Bailey's, St. Therese's little way, and just abandon ourselves every moment of the day and all of those little ways that God is calling us to yeah. that really draw us closer to holiness, draw us closer to Him, help us to see Christ in the eyes and in the lives of each of our family members who were most immediately called to serve in our lives and in our mission. And St. Louis and, and, and Bailey really exemplify that so beautifully. And also, in seeing and reading about their lives, you also see how that example really impacted their children, and it should empower us as parents 
to want to be that example for our kids because more than you know more than the faith being taught to them the, the faith is caught by them and they catch that faith from their parents first and foremost um, and so children can read this book and see just the the beauty of marriage as God really intended it to be when it's lived out with that aim in mind uh, the the idea that any you know anybody can be a saint it recalls for me a story I heard about Mother Teresa where she was going through the airport and the the press was there and one of the journalists says, Mother, they say you're a saint. What do you have to say about that? And she said, we're all called to be saints. It's our duty. Awesome. <laughs> you know, and it's like anybody anybody can do it. You might not be a canonized saint, but, uh, you know, our, our goal is sainthood, actually. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the one of the themes in the book, the book has a few different themes that kind of run through it, and one of them is this idea of togetherness. So this idea that the Martins were all on a, Martins were all on a journey together, and that this journey was ultimately aimed at be, being reunited with the one whom they all loved most, Jesus Christ, whom they hoped to be with together in heaven someday for eternity. So they all had that goal in mind. They all, they all knew, you know, that we were meant to be saints and that God can help get us there together. Um, there's also a really, um, you know, nice gardening theme that runs throughout the story, thanks to their daughter, St. Therese, who many of your listeners will know often talks about flowers. And the book really helps readers to see how Louis and Bailey were just masterful gardeners, planting seeds of faith and virtue in their children that bloomed in such a tremendous way in their daughter's lives. As I mentioned when I kind of went through their brief bio, that all their daughters ended up becoming nuns. And you know, St. Therese is now one of the most famous saints in, in, in the Church, and, and most well-loved saints in the Church. And then um, Leone, um, her cause for canonization was actually opened up some time ago. So you just see this outpouring of holiness coming from what would otherwise look to the outside world as a rather ordinary family, um, which gives us a lot of hope that, you know, like you said, you know, St. Teresa of Calcutta, that, that we're all called to be saints, and, and, it's, and it's, a, it's possible for us to, to live that life of holiness, especially if we really abandon ourselves to God's will and just allow Him to take the wheel in our lives. Can, can you speak for just a moment about Leonie? Because my understanding, she was a bit of a challenge for her parents, was she not? Yeah, you know, I did, my research didn't take me too much into the individual daughters. I know a little bit more about Therese just from my own study. But they all, one of the things I love about the, the Martine um, daughters is they each have their own unique personalities. All, I mean, all of the, all, all children do. And they exemplify that so well, even in their own family. Um, you know, even when people learn about the life of St. Therese, you see just the extreme sensitivity she had as a child, and she saw that as such a handicap to her growth and virtue. And when you look at the other daughters as well, like you said, they all had their own, you know, personalities, their, um, some of their own challenges that they had to work through in the course of family life and then eventually in the religious life. Um, when, uh, when, their, when their daughter, um, Helene, was on her deathbed, she had looked up at her, her mother and said, who, who, was, who was crying and sad, obviously, um, mourning already the loss of her child in her arms. And she just said, you know, don't, don't worry, mother. Soon, um, you know, soon I will have no more pain. Um, that's not an exact quote. It was something like that. I mentioned it in the book. And it was just, I mean, even just seeing the way that these children really, you know, their own, the, the holiness of their own kids was rubbing off on them. 
um, even as her, as one of their daughters lay dying, was able to show such extreme faith and to give that kind of consolation and hope to her mother. Um, as uh, after after they died, um, Louis actually asked to be kind of a victim soul, and he went through tremendous suffering later in his life: paralysis, stroke, heart attacks, dementia. I mean, you name it. Most people don't know how deeply he suffered later in his life because he really wanted to abandon himself completely to suffering for the sake of of salva- the salvation of souls. So just every single family member had such a unique calling within a calling um, to be to be saints, and they all lived that out so so um, so uniquely. And I think that reminds all of us that we all have a different path to holiness that God is calling us on, and that He'll keep leading us in the direction He wants us to go with our own unique gifts and personalities and charisms if we just stay tuned into the Holy Spirit and close to Him in prayer and deeply seeking that, you know, ongoing conversion that the Martins exemplify so well. Katie, the uh, I, all all saints are really uh, meant to be meant to be our role models. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, from hearing from you, uh, Louis and Zaley, they're so approachable that they it really, it helps us, uh, the common folk, uh, to be able to uh, aspire to sainthood. Gives us hope. Yeah, it, it really does. Right. And that's something that has really come through um, uh, from your description of the book. Yeah, you know, another thing that's worth noting is, um, as I mentioned, they had many children die. And and I was really thankful to see positive feedback from some of those who have already received the book. I'll, I'll mention in a second where you can get a hold of it. Um, talking about the tragic parts of their life that were alluded to in the story. Um, you know, they lost four children. St. Bailey died of cancer. Those things are all alluded to in the book. And I really wanted to touch on those events in a gentle but truthful way specifically so I could highlight how the Martins would care for each other and just deeply trust in God amidst those crosses. Because all of all families can relate to sufferings of some kind and to carrying crosses of some kind. And so to look at these saints and be reminded that God can bring us through those hardships and still draw us closer to Him, especially draw us closer to Him through those crosses, it's really just beautiful to see the how how the Martins were able to do that in a unique way. Um, I also wanted to mention, um, as we're talking about the book, just how absolutely incredible the illustrations are in this story. Um, Leah Pumphrey did all of the artwork for the book, and she does such a masterful job of drawing readers into both the time period. I think children can learn so much from the illustrations, just what the 1800s were like. Um, in terms of their dress and everything, but also into the into the actual life of the Martine family. A lot of people have mentioned how the pictures really come to life, and you just feel like you're part of the story as you look at the illustration. So it's just a beautiful book. Um, both both the story and the illustrations have really brought tears to my eyes many times when many times when reading it myself. And even though I wrote the book, you know, I'm, I I cry because it's really their story, and it's just such a such a beautiful and touching one. Well, the uh, the themes certainly uh, span across all age groups. I, I think, um, Katie. Before we run out of time, I, I did want to ask you how the listeners can find your book, uh, and uh, then also any uh, any other thoughts uh, that you may want to talk about with the uh, with firstfaithtreasury dot com or any of the other uh, work. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, one holy marriage is available at Pan Books. 
Um, for anyone who's listening today on this second day of spring, as you mentioned earlier, it's, uh, their whole um, website is on sale right now for 40% off. So you can actually get this book on a great discount for grandchildren, godchildren, your own children, um, whomever today, if you um, go to tanbooks.com. Um, so, yeah, today's a especially great day to pick up the book while it's on sale. Um, otherwise, it's, again, on sale at Tan Books. And then also, if you go to our website, firstfaithtreasury.com, as you mentioned, we have our entire collection of children's books there with all different themes. They're not all state biographies. We have books that bring the math to life for children, books that teach children how to do um, silent prayer, um, all sorts of really fun and creative children's books that, that just really bring um, bring the books to our kids that um, my dear friend Meg and I had wished our kids would have. Um, those are at firstdaystreasury.com, along with some free resources for kids um, that help kids live the liturgical year and just give parents some tools to have a lot of fun learning about the faith at home with their kids. You know, we're, we're coming up on First Communion season. Maybe uh, people should consider the going there to get some gifts for their, their kids that are receiving First Communion. Absolutely. That's a great idea. We absolutely love, love hearing when the books are gifted for the sacrament. So it's so fun to make them, and it's really fun to see them enjoyed by Catholic families everywhere. God is good. <laughs> right. So um, do you have any uh, uh, final thoughts for us like Ken asked for? Yeah, you know, I... Um, our children's books really are designed to be good, true, and beautiful, and also, in addition to being catechetical, very fun. And so, learning, I recommend anybody who's listening to pick up a great Catholic children's book because you will be amazed with the conversations that it brings to your family and the memories that can be made from reading really good books together. I mean, as adults, we know that books can change our lives. And so, pick up a great children's book with your kids. You'll be amazed at how it can not only spark wonderful questions and discussion points, but that it also bears fruit in their actual life, learning about the characters in these stories and trying to instill some of the lessons they've learned into their lives from the books they read. Okay, great. Thanks, Katie. This has been a a, a fun interview, and uh, best of luck with the book. Uh, We've been talking with Katie Warner about her her book, One Holy Marriage, and also uh, she's got a number of uh, children's books, Tell us the name again, Katie, of the site where they can find them. Firstfaithtreasury.com. Okay, great. Well, thanks for being with us, Katie, and maybe we can have you on again when you write another book. Thank you so much for having me, guys. God bless. Okay, you too. And with that, we'll go to the break. You're on Real Presence Live, and uh, stay with us for more. After this, after the break, we'll be talking to some Stanley students about uh, the this spring musical. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.